0: welcome to be the ceo of your life and business podcast with your hosts laura katina and amy mara this podcast was created for business women in particular who are juggling pursuing their career family life and all of the things that come along with it we know that building a career running a business and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work.
1: Welcome back to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. I feel like every week, Amy Amy and I say we're so excited about this episode. We say the same thing in every intro, but this week we are so excited about this episode because we have a fabulous guest on uh, with us this week to talk about women empowering women. It's one of our favorite topics. It's something that we're really passionate about. So we're excited to have Andrea Composto with us today to talk about this topic. So... Just to give you a little background, Andrea is a phenomenal attorney with a ridiculous resume, (laughs) but more important than that, she is an incredible person and someone who, I mean, it's one of the many reasons I wanted to have her on to talk about this topic, but someone that has supported me so incredibly since I opened up my own practice. Um, We're on the board of directors for the Rockland County Bar Association, and she has you know, a a very long resume of accomplishments, including being the president of, the former president of the New York State Women's Bar Association, the Rockland County Bar Association. I mean, her resume goes on and on, but she has a long history of supporting other women. So we're excited to have Andrea here with us today. Amy, do you have, want to say anything?
2: (laughs) To, To say that Andrea is not just a colleague in the law, but a friend and just an emphatic supporter of every person that she meets and she interacts with is an understatement and you'll see it once you start hearing her on today's podcast so we're so excited thank you for joining us andrea thank you for
3: having me i'm so embarrassed but very excited <laughs> <laughs> you guys um, you, that was really wonderful and so nice of you to speak so highly of me i love you guys and i'm so i'm so happy that we're not only friends but we're colleagues in the law and hopefully when we talk today, we'll talk about how important that is to have colleagues with, you know, like-minded colleagues in the law. So it really is. Thank so much for having me.
1: <laughs> when I, in December of 2019, when I opened up my own practice, Andrea was like my life preserver. <laughs> she... She has helped me so tremendous, without reservation. I mean, there was one time I remember I had an issue that I needed to discuss with somebody. She was on the phone with me at 7.30 in the morning, going over this issue without reservation, always there to support me. And, you know, she's not just like that with me. She's such a great colleague. She's such a great friend. Um, So Andrea, you know, I just want to thank you for being so incredible and for sharing your experience and your thoughts with our audience today. So we mentioned in the intro, some of the leadership positions that you've held. I'm curious to know, why do you think, because you do it so often, it's important to support our female colleagues?
3: Well, first I just, again, thank you so much for having me on the podcast because this is such an important topic, something that, you know, I'm very passionate about. First of all, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for someone supporting me. So it's, to just be an attorney a successful attorney that's only a portion of what you're supposed to do with your profession your life and your career as a lawyer you have to support other women you have to you have to it's part of who you are as an attorney as a female attorney you know representation and we were talking about this a little bit before but i probably will talk about this a lot through the podcast representation is so key for women in this profession i knew from very early on that i wanted to be a lawyer i grew up in a lawyer family my father is an attorney i learned everything i needed to know about being an attorney from my dad my grandfather was an attorney he was a judge he was in public service you know so i learned how they were attorneys but they couldn't teach me what it was like to be a woman who is an attorney in this profession. I can learn trial strategies. I can learn the nuts and bolts of being a lawyer, which I did from my family and from you know my dad, but he couldn't teach me what it was like to be a female attorney in a courtroom filled with men and how to excel. And it wasn't until You know, and so there was always that little bit of a difficulty for me trying to find my way as a baby lawyer until one day I was in Supreme Bronx and I was getting ready to pick maybe my third jury ever. And, you know, so nervous, so stressful, so stressful. (laughs) And, you know, and here I am. And all I see this woman, her name, and I'm going to, her name is Annette Scarano. She is a dear friend of mine now. She has been a dear friend of my father's. And we knew each other from an Italian-American lawyers organization. And I see her in the courtroom. And she has her suit on. She's, you know, has all her papers in her hand. She's just, she looked so confident and so powerful. And I saw her. And she was in the process of negotiating and settling a case, well, she was with three other attorneys, male attorneys, but you know, but she was in this conference, I could hear her. She was the most poised, she was the most knowledgeable. And she walked away with an amazing settlement, and she told me all about it, and I was so impressed by her, and it kind of was a light bulb that went off of my head, and I'm like, "Huh." Oh. I'm like, there. that's me, that's, what, that's how I'm gonna be. And now I know how I can be. And she was a great mentor to me, just whether she knew it or not. That one small moment of her career with some baby lawyer that was kind of following her around, <laughs> that small moment for her was huge for me because finally I was able to see myself in a way that I could never see myself before. So that's what opened the door for me to then pay it forward in other areas. Like I could go on and give you more examples, but I, but I won't, because <laughs> we only have an hour.
2: Obviously, I mean, already I'm just blown away. that Andrew's just like the perfect guest for this topic. And I'm so pumped for the rest of this podcast episode. But anyway, when Laura and I were having a discussion after recording a podcast, this was a light bulb moment for me. We were talking about a book that I was reading at the time. And there was a chapter in the book. It was written by a female, a very accomplished female who was running for political office. And she noticed that there was a gap that she wanted to address. And it was a gap between boys and girls. And the whole entire book is premised on the idea that Women and men are just trained intrinsically from childhood to be certain people when they grow up, and we imbue these whether they are longstanding societal norms, whether they are cultural, what have you we we pass these on to other people we mold and shape people by the examples that we lead and by the things we say and by the ways that we unknowingly mold other people by our our actions and our our words and for me, I always was in this male-dominated profession, and I've been practicing for almost eight years now, and realizing at a very early stage, I was surrounded by a whole bunch of men, especially in our bar in, in Rockland County, where we are. There is a, a large male demographic of attorneys, and immediately, rather than really thinking about it, I'm like, well, I've got to be like them. I have to keep up with those guys. I have to keep up with, and again, we're litigators, so I have to keep up with them in court, with their papers, with their arguments, with their deadlines. I have to keep up with those guys. And bringing it back to this book, when I was reading this passage, she had mentioned in there that we have to do things as women and be proud of the things that we're doing as women so that the other woman looking from the outside at us knows that that's possible as a woman yes a hundred
3: percent a hundred percent this is exactly what i'm talking about when i when i say representation you know and laura you had said in the beginning before we we started that you know when we were just chatting about we just want to be lawyers we don't want to be seen as a as a woman but the fact remains is that we are and so you know and and my it was my mother that said to me you are not your father You are not going to be able to be your father, the lawyer that your father is. You're going to be the lawyer that Andrea is. And it took took a long time for me to realize that that did not mean less than it just meant different and it could possibly mean better. I mean, why not? I can, you know, I don't, well, personally, you know, I love my father and I don't think there's any lawyer who's better than my dad. But (laughs) what I mean is I have to embrace being a woman and being an attorney and know that that is synonymous, synonymous with, with just different than a man, maybe better, maybe whatever. It just, it doesn't automatically mean less than. And I think we as, as women sometimes feel like, because maybe because that's how society perceives us as, you know, less than, you know, like tip the scale down a little bit because, oh, they have to juggle so many things. You're not gonna be able to give their all. No, please. <laughs> I'd like to see, you know, you know, a dad juggle, you know, kids, sports, family, law practice that way you guys do. It's incredible. But, you know, my dad would often say, like what are you talking about women there's like now women law students are more than surpass men who are law students there's more women attorneys than there are men and so he thought that was a good thing to say but he didn't understand that just because now yeah in numbers there are there could potentially now be more women attorneys who are admitted but it doesn't mean that we advance the way we should be advancing so i'm not going to look to the outside to advance me i'm going to advance myself and then i'm going to make sure that other women like my friends like my colleagues like the young lawyers my interns and have them be able to see me. I need young women and young, as I I used to call them baby lawyers, like when I was a baby lawyer, I need them to see me. So it is not enough for me to just exist here in my job. That is why it's important for me to be active in my legal community, to be a part of the county bar. And Amy and Laura hit the nail on the head when they said, we are a male, dominated county we have a tremendous amount of aging white male attorneys and it is very difficult to see ourselves in this community so it is critical for me to even when it may not be easy to stand up in positions of leadership you know i was very involved with the women's bar association in the brooklyn chapter and then elevated to the state level and a very dear friend of mine who was incoming president of the state bar at that time said to some people in the women's bar she goes we have to look out for this one and she was pointing to me it's mean, to me she was pointing at me saying she's a live wire we have to make sure that she's plugged in and we get her moving up in the ranks and i was like a live wire i've never <laughs> heard that before and i was like does that mean she thinks I have a spark? And, that was a, and I saw like, and so it was like a spark went off in my head and I had that great vigil of someone saw me as a spark, as someone that could catch fire. And I thought that was the coolest thing that someone ever said to me. So again, this small moment in Elaine Avery's career when she referred to me as a live wire has changed my career and changed the way I directed myself in my career in ways I can't even tell you.
1: Which is why I think it's so important to outwardly support other women because you never know when something you say, or like you, Andrew, you had these you know, few experiences where another woman said to you, look out for her, she's got a spark. You know what I'm saying? And so it was the support of those other women who were your senior, right? who kind of gave you that little push and made you feel like it was okay to be who you were and not try to be who your dad was as a lawyer or who somebody else was as a lawyer. It was okay to be you. Um, And I learned that from my mentor, we all know, know Susan Cooper, who's an attorney in our community, who was the greatest mentor I ever had in my whole career. And, She's such a strong woman, and I was so young when I worked with her, and I just followed her league, and she didn't take crap from anybody, but she was so classy about it, and so professional, and didn't attack people, and I said, you know what, it's okay to be that way, because I saw myself like that. I'm not vicious. I don't attack people. I don't behave that way. But we all know plenty of of attorneys that do. And there was a point in time where I felt like, oh my God, do I have to be like that? Am I not good enough because I'm not like that? And just following her lead showed me that it was okay to be who I want to be. And that's me, right?
2: Yeah, because that that's another crucial part. And Andrew, you were talking about this before about representation, that mirroring, who do you see? Who do you see that's practicing in this profession? Who do you see, you know, as business owners or what have you? I mean, Laura and I are one of very few law firms in this county that are completely owned and operated by women. And there aren't many of us that, that are. And I remember being a baby attorney, going into certain courtrooms, And Laura, you know, I am not going to say her name, but you know, there's a certain female attorney that you used to have to engage with that. And not from around here. um, But she used to bark and bite and be nasty and so aggressive. And you would come back from court and be like, (laughs) I don't want to be like her. I want to be completely different. Like, this is just disgusting. It's unprofessional. And casting a judgment for a moment if i may i think that the reason that there are certain women that try to be aggressive attorneys is because that's what they think they need to be in order to match their male counterparts
3: exactly the male counterparts who are aggressive and adversarial just for the sake of being adversarial nobody likes them either and nobody wants to be like them either you know, you have to take stock in like who you are as a person who, what your own personality is and like work on that and let that shine. But I totally hear you. There are so many of those that I encountered myself, but not, you know, and it's funny because, you know, my dad always says never be, you know, no for threatened, never explain yourself, never apologize because you don't want to seem weak, but you also, you don't want to come across like a jerk and be adversarial for the sake of being adversarial. It just doesn't make any sense. Like why do that? Like, please, um, because you know what? You're, the real you is gonna shine through and that's what's important. And that's, it all goes back to if you embrace and unapologetically be your authentic self, that's what's gonna carry you. And that's what people are gonna see. People are gonna run away from you. Like Laura was running away from that crazy you know, lawyer who was so obnoxious, she's running away from that. So you don't wanna be like that. You don't want other young women doing that, but they will attract your spark if you are unapologetically authentic and being yourself.
1: I also think it's important to support the advancement of other women and be happy for other women who are advancing and want them to do that because it's just so important for I think young and I guess we can say this because we've lived through it and we had that support. So we want to pay it forward and you know support other women and watch young women succeed and be able to be who they want to be, whether it be as an attorney or, or any other profession, right? We want them to feel confident enough as a woman to excel in their profession, whatever that might look like to them. And Andrea, I don't know if you have you know, any insight as to, did you learn anything as being the president of the Women's Bar Association, New York State Women's Bar Association, um, in terms of the importance of supporting the advancement of other women?
3: Absolutely. You know, and it's interesting, I'm trying to be like, say this in a, in a proper way, that you have to constantly, at least I feel, you have to constantly foster other women into leadership positions. One, you don't want to be the last women in a leadership position because that's like i even laugh when i said that that's ridiculous so if you if you don't want to be the last woman in a, in a position of power or in in, an, in a position of leadership then what are you going to do you got to foster other women and support other women into those positions and two you want to surround yourself around like-minded people and people who want to not only advance themselves, but advance other people. So you can't surround yourself with these kind of people if you're the last, and right? if you haven't supported anyone coming after you. And and also, though, I would find the good and the bad. You know, being a pre- the president of the state organization, the good is that we we pride ourselves in advancing women in the legal profession. So anytime any one of our members was going to run for office, run for political office, a a judgeship, or want to learn how to be a solo practitioner, advance ourselves in our career. Like It was like we all came out in the masses and we supported each other, which was great. And that always really warmed my heart. But oftentimes, I would find that women, I don't know if it's that the fact that they liked to compete with other women or make it difficult for you once you got in that position, I also found that, and I and that, and I just to make, be real about it, like it really took me aback. And I'm like, I don't. Why am I getting such flack for you know taking on this position that is a difficult position? Trying to run an organization that had 20 chapters throughout the state of New York, and I'm getting flack from a lot of my women colleagues that I'm not doing it right. You could be doing it better, and and really trying to cut me down. And I was like, and I was like, huh is it because we haven't sometimes some women have uh, just a nature to be adversarial or have nothing about and then it really kind of came around I was like it has nothing about them being women it's just who they are as people so I think that any position I think it's important for us to educate our young lawyers that who want to step into leadership positions that there are always going to be people even women sometimes we're like I was surprised that other women were like trying to dissuade me or put me on blast or whatever and I'm like she's a woman how could you do that to me and i think it just was like well it's because she's a person and that's who she is
1: right it's not always about that
3: it's not about her gender it's about who this person is on the inside so if if it's important for me to always make you know people that are coming after me aware that it's not always going to be easy but just because something isn't easy doesn't mean that you shouldn't be there because like you were saying before you know with that cranky lawyer who was just that lawyer I wanted to run away from it's like not it's not professional so i would not engage i would disengage i would be professional i would you know because i always had to make sure that at the end of the day i had to go home with myself and so i had to be proud of myself and like myself at the end of the day and two i always kept in the forefront of my mind that a younger lawyer was going to be looking at me and so I had to make sure that I was a good example for her. So if you can do those things, then you know you can ward off all that other negativity. But it's important to know that that, that is also out there. It's not always going to be a love fest. That's and did you to make it a love fest? It's not always gonna be a love fest.
1: No, it won't. I assume you used the same principles when you were the president of our local bar association.
3: Yes, I did. Because as Laura well knows, for the first year that I was president of the county bar. I, after every single meeting, I got in my car and my first phone call was to Laura. And I would be sometimes in tears and sometimes just like laughing. And it was just such, I mean, talk about you being there, me being there for you. Laura was always there for me after every single one of those meetings. I mean, the poor woman had to go home to her, you know, children and her family. I'm like, but wait, I can't, I can't believe this happened. Talk to me some more. <laughs> you know. But, but I had that support. And so I had that support from Laura. I had that support from other members on the, on the board. And so I kept coming back and I kept doing the best that I could. And that's all I could hope for. And hopefully, I did a good job at the end of the day. You know, we'll say. Well,
1: <laughs> that's not saying. Of course, yeah. you did a uh, phenomenal job. Did you, <laughs> in that position, particularly because it wasn't a women's bar association? Did you feel any? It's just a very real question. Did you feel any lack of confidence because you were a woman?
3: Yes, I did. I think that. It's like I knew the beast that I was dancing with when I was getting involved with the women's bar city of New York, you know, like I could use but when you're with, you know, and a while it was just it was, I don't wanna put that in quote put that in quote, just the county bar. And so I'm thinking to myself, how hard can it be? It's only one county as opposed to twenty counties that I was trying to lead and manage with the state organization. Well, <laughs> it's a whole different animal and uh I did feel insecure at times. I did. I I know that when I was going to be transitioning from the the old regime to the new regime, I definitely got a lot of self doubt because I didn't have the smoothest welcome in the beginning like i almost felt like i was who do you think you are like putting yourself out there for president you've only been on the board for five years or you need to pay your dues more you need and so then i would you know as many human beings do you kind of absorb that into your into your psyche and then i was like yeah it was a little difficult for me to have i had a lot of self-doubt at times i felt like well When I was getting opposition from some of the men on the board, I'm like, it's hard sometimes for me not to think, do they look at me? Are they they taking me seriously? Do they think that I'm just this young woman? It's hard, you know, but you really have to combat that. You have to, you know, put that aside because at the end of the day, someone nominated me and the board voted me in. And so the nominations committee thought I was good enough and the board, however, you know, I got voted in then whatever, then it comes down to just Andrea, just stop. You know, yes, I was mansplained so many times that year, but you know what, we're all gonna be faced with mansplaining in so many aspects of our career that take it as the teaching moment, as a learning moment. With that, you know, I. I'm friends with met, like, so, almost all of the people I became friends with on that board. But prior to becoming the president, I was friends with a couple of people on that board and outside of, you know, professional, where the professional, you know, kind of bled into uh, like a friendship with some people. and And it was very shocking to me how I don't know if people just didn't like conflict or I felt like if, you know, if I needed the support about something that happened and I would speak to, I remember speaking to a couple of people and it was, Oh, he didn't mean that. That's not, you're taking that the wrong way. And I found that whenever, you know, Laura and I would have these conversations, I never received any of that. I didn't receive any of the dismissive. He didn't mean that you're taking it the wrong way. Instead of like, it was like Laura just believed me and believed that that was my perception of what happened. And that was very important to me. I felt like some of my, my male friends, they, it's like, just believe me, believe women, believe it may not have happened exactly like that, but that is my perception of how it happened. And I'm telling you how it made me feel. So just listen to me and then let me process this with you. And I didn't get that from anyone except for Laura. And then I was able to actually process things better afterwards about what happened and how I wanted to go about things. So it's important for me to share with people that you may not agree with your colleagues, your lawyers that you're working with, if, there's, if, a, if, a, if an intern of yours or you know an associate of yours, a colleague of yours is telling you something that happened and you're like, well, it didn't really happen like that. Just listen and believe that that is their perception of what happened and this is how they feel and then just be that for them and be uh, an avenue for them to be able to process because out of that safe environment they're going to grow from the experience and be able to be a better attorney so that just kind of reminded me of something you were saying so i wanted to say that before i forgot then i'm going to stop talking now because i feel like all i'm doing is talking i'm so sorry
1: well you have such great you know both professional and life experience to speak to people on this topic. And you've been that same way with me since I opened up my own practice. But Susan was that way with me early on in my career when I didn't know as much as I know now, and I would need to talk things through with her. And, you know, an attorney would would say something or do something that I perceived a certain way. And she would just kind of like, listen, talk me through it give me insight based upon her, obviously much greater experience than I had had in the legal profession at that point. And she was like, she was a sounding board, but she was supportive. And she did, you know, if I wasn't looking at something the right way, or I didn't understand the law in a certain way, like she would point that out, but she wasn't nasty. She wasn't like, oh my God, how do you not understand this? You're wrong. She was supportive explaining to me what may have been incorrect about my thinking or my understanding and just supporting me along the way. And so I adopted the way Susan was with me with Amy when she started practicing because I always said Susan did so much for me uh, when I was very young in my career and I wanted to pay that forward if I had the opportunity and support another Young female attorney who just turned out to be my partner in the end.
2: (laughs) And I will tell you that is one thousand percent accurate because I would go into Laura's office and I call her Katina and be like, "Katina, you are my Susan Cooper today. Like, I need my mentor for a moment." And she knew exactly what it meant. She would help review documents for me. She would take the time out of her crazy busy day and listen to me. And that sounding board and give that experience not to just tell me I'm wrong but or say you could do it this way or, or give the advice she was genuinely interested in what I had to say and Andrea this goes to what you were just saying is the recognition that you feel heard you feel seen you feel like someone else is understanding that you have a perspective and that perspective is because of your life experience that's because of your you know past incidents or past circumstances it is amalgamating to what you are today and being that female colleague and being that friend for somebody else and that support system for somebody else to say it's okay to feel like that let's figure out how to take those feelings and work with them make you grow, make you address the situation and move on and not dwell in it and, you know, keep it moving.
1: And being proud of the younger women that you're supporting because like, and you can't, I don't know if jealous is the right word. I don't know what the right word is, but just being proud. Like every time Amy had like a win on a case that she was handling or something good, I was so happy for her. Because I think you learn from that. And I think when you have somebody supporting you that way, like I did with Susan, who always cheered me on, you gain confidence through that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, look, she, oh my God, she's supporting me. I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm doing this the right way. I'm so thankful for her support. And it it, it allows you to keep progressing in your
3: career. Do you agree with that? hundred percent. And it sounds corny, but when there's a win for one of us, there's a win for all of us. And... I think it all goes back to, you know, I don't know this, the word representation really kind of resonates with me today. And, and I know what you mean when you you hate to say the word jealous, like, but I think that that's, you know, is that what we encounter when when people are trying to put you on blast? Is that what we're you know like maybe who knows? But I think that the three of us, in the way we are as people, we try not to you know focus. And I don't think that you know there's really a jealous bone in in any of our bodies, because we just truly do get so excited when we succeed. I don't know. I I didn't think that I could get any get more excited than I was when teaching laura how to do some real estate (laughs) she like had a successful first closing i mean how nerdy is that (laughs) but it wasn't you know really about the real estate but it was like i was so excited that you were starting something new and you were like i don't know how to do this and i was like don't say no i'll teach you everything you need to know because then it just i knew that it was going to help you and be like a little help in your in between the litigation cases and you know whatever so you guys have recently opened up your your practice together and you know that process must have been really um i know that it's a long time coming laura you guys have been thinking about it laura you were thinking about it you went off on your own first and then amy you know you came in have you found that it has been that it's everything you'd hoped it would be, being like hanging your own jingle, do you find that you got a lot of support along the way, a lot of naysayers along the way, like, some negative feedback, like how has it been for you guys? I'm like really interested to know that. Inquiring lines, wanna know. How are you doing? <laughs> it's been so
1: incredible to be partners together and building a business that's our vision. But not only that, I mean, look, Amy and I have been working together for, I mean, 13 years with that, you know, a couple months or whatever, nine months, 10 months, whatever it was after I left. So we knew each other and, you know, working together over the years, we knew we'd be okay as partners. We knew we would enjoy it. But now that we're actually doing it, it's like a thousand times greater than I ever thought it would be because we're on the same page. We, you know, we have our goals outlined, our vision, and just being able to do this ourselves while raising our families at the same time and knowing that we we get each other in that way has just been amazing.
2: Yeah. And like you, you had talked about earlier, Andrea, is like finding someone else that you almost like have a mirror up against them and you see yourself. And Laura and I have had goals and visions that have been so aligned because of the lives that we lead, because of the values that we had. And we really got to know those values over time. It wasn't like, hey, I see another female attorney across the room. Hmm, I think that we'll work well together. No, it was, it was a real deep introspection of what we wanted out of this career and what we saw ourselves doing in this career. And you know, we, got, we got a lot of support from our friends like you and we had other friends in the the bar in the legal community in rockland that were just you know call us if you have any questions if you need any help with anything let us know and or sending referrals our way and just it was overwhelming and then there were a lot of people that didn't say the greatest of things and some people were like well if it doesn't work out you can always do x y and z or you know you could always apply for this or you could always and I have never had a conversation like that with Laura. I going back to what we were talking about about finding that person that just like listens and supports and says, like, that's your dream, go get it. Go do it. But then there's those other people that I don't know if they have this scarcity mindset or they have this mindset of, you know, you can't, you can't win it. Cause if you win, then I lose. That's that collaboration over cooperation thing, or a competition over collaboration. Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. Don't set me up with those thoughts because you you don't believe in yourself succeeding like what?
3: exactly that's that's a huge point collaboration versus competition that it's so true um, you, yeah
1: andrea i want one last thing that I wanted to ask you and this is like the perfect way to note to end on do you believe that that's an area that our profession can improve on
3: yes, always a hundred percent because it all goes back to. If you can't collaborate with other women, then you're not going to be able to foster other women into, into advancement, into leadership roles, into positions of power, into uh, getting a seat at the table. So you have to collaborate. You have to, and you have to be able in our profession to find ways to do that, whether it's through you know networking and you know, representation is key. And I'll say it again. And you can't have that. You can't. You know, if you don't collaborate, because if you don't collaborate with one another and find like I alone can't, you know, foster and and shepherd a young baby lawyer all by myself. I, I I'm only as good. Like, what is that saying? You're only as strong as your weakest link. So it's like I, I can't turn my wheel if my other spokes aren't 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 doing it too. So you have to be able to collaborate with the other people, men and women in in our Bar Association, who share, who are like-minded and share the same kind of vision. And everyone, you know, Ruth, our most esteemed, my, my, my fave Ruth Bader Ginsburg all had that famous quote where it says, you know, now that it was back when there was, I think maybe just Sandra Day and herself and maybe one other woman was on the Supreme Court and she was asked how many, how many will be enough women on the Supreme Court? And she said, when there are nine. And uh, what I like to think she meant is, until we until we don't have to have a a day when we're counting, well, there's three women, so we have to have two men. It, it doesn't, you know, we are just, we have to have that representation of women who are supporting women, who are advancing women, where it then becomes, natural course. We're not there yet. And we are, we are not there yet. And we are not there yet. <laughs> and it doesn't matter that there are more women who are coming out of law school than men. It, we are not there yet. We need to to represent, we need to see ourselves. I need to make sure that other young women see us. We have to do that. It's our obligation.
1: So. It starts with the smallest thing, like, you helping me when I went out on my own, you know, Susan mentoring me like she did. I
3: mean, it was one person. Yeah. You being there for me at the end of my bar associations, Amy listening to me when I felt like no one saw me in the bar this year and, you know, just me complaining, even just me complaining, being a human being instead of Amy never once said, "No, that's not what they meant." Amy let me talk. She let. She was. She let me process. That is crucial and important for us to be able to advance as women.
1: Amy, do you have any final words today?
2: I think the the best thing to take away from today was that you can be that spark, that live wire for somebody else. I think that's incredible. Like Andrea. <laughs> I mean, yes, just like Andrea. Andrea, I love this conversation. And honestly, I couldn't, like I started this, I couldn't have picked a better guest for us today because you unequivocally and emphatically are always the the supporter. Just in, in the sense that know that you have inspired us in the way that we then pay it forward. So we can't thank you enough for this conversation, for being you, for being willing to share today. It's been wonderful.
3: It's been awesome. And it's my honor. And I love you guys. And I am so appreciative to be a part of your podcast and be a part of your new career and just to be a part of your life. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, everyone. We look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of our podcast. Have a great week.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more businesswomen just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.